theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Let's get into the word of the Lord here today. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 6. The book of Acts chapter 6. We're going to begin reading at verse number 1. The book of Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1. Up until this point in Acts 6, you have had Jerusalem and Judea revival, but that was not the promise of God. The promise of God was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and anybody else thankful that it made it to the uttermost parts of the world. I'm glad that I get to hear about this Jesus right here in Toronto, Canada. Amen. And... Uh, what we see here is a point in scripture where for the church to go where God wants it to go, it's time for people to get underneath the burden of ministry. So Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1, we begin there. And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because... Their widows were neglected in daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. Everybody say this with me. Full of the Holy Ghost. And wisdom whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Everybody say Stephen. Stephen was a man that was full of faith, and here it is again, he was full of the Holy Ghost. And Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased. Now, this is what we want to have happen in this city. The word of God increased and the number of disciples was multiplied. I don't want just there to be followers of Jesus. Followers are here and there, but disciples, they stick out for the long haul. And the number of disciples was multiplied. We don't want revival of addition, and I believe those days are over. I believe we are in the season of multiplication. In Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, there he is again. Now watch this. The requirement was you got to be full of the Holy Ghost, but when they found Stephen, Stephen was unique. He was full of faith and the Holy Ghost. But if you stay full of faith and Holy Ghost long enough, the next time you hear about Stephen, now he's full of faith and because after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive and did great wonders and miracles among the people. I want to preach to you today on this subject very simply. Stephen wasn't a preacher. 
You can set your Bibles down all over this house. You can lift your hands. And would you just ask one more time that God would have his will and his way in the remainder of this service. All over this house, would you lift your voices? Lord, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Would you engage your voice into this atmosphere? Lord, anoint me and use me for the glory of your kingdom, God. I need your anointing. I need your strength. I need clarity. Allow me, God, to only speak what you would have for me to speak, say what you would have for me to say in this house today, God. Take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance against this service right now. And I lose the gifts of the Spirit. We covet the best gift, and that's whichever is needed in this house here today. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. One more time, why don't you clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, that's it, let's just worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The first four words that we read in Acts chapter 6 is, and in those days. You have to understand what days that it is talking about when you want to have context of this text because it was in Acts chapter 1 that they get the commission to go tarry in Jerusalem. This commission to go tarry in Jerusalem sends them on a prayerful time in an upper room and while they are praying in the upper room, they are waiting. What are they waiting for? They are waiting for the promise of the Father, that which they heard of Jesus Christ when he said in John chapter 14, I will come to you. He said that I would be in you and you would be in me and we will be in the Father. And this desire to tarry was waiting on a promise not just a promise that was talked about in John chapter 14, but the promise that Isaiah talked about, the promise that the prophets of old, they, they reached into the future as they pinned under the word of the Lord that was being spoken to them, the things that God was going to do. It was the prophet Joel that talked about what was going to take place in that upper room, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'm thankful to know here today that the outpouring of God's spirit is for everybody whomsoever will. Let them come and drink freely of this living water. And they tarried there and they prayed. And while they prayed, the power of the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. And when it fell on the day of Pentecost, 120 were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that began to be noised abroad because apostolic Pentecostal services are not exactly quiet in case you haven't noticed. 
And so as it's breaking out in the streets and things are being noised abroad, people begin to wonder. They said, oh, these people have got to be drunk. And, and Peter stands, no, 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 they're not drunk as you suppose. They're on a new wine. <laughs> This wine is not that which is of intoxication in the natural. This is that which will get a hold you and intoxicate you in the supernatural. Friend, when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, it is a supernatural thing that changes how you think, how you walk, how you talk. And so that 120 turns into 3,000 receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. And it goes from there. And you see that after that, that there's a healing of a lame man that was lame for a very long time. And that begins to shake people because this man had been begging for alms for such a long time. But when Peter and John looked at him, they said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have. Give I unto thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man that was there for a long time, the, the bones and the muscles and the things that had deteriorated because of lack of use, at the mention of the name of Jesus, he doesn't say that he had to do a little bit of exercise to get the bones and the muscles back to working. No, the moment the name of Jesus was spoken, it began to give him strength where he did not have strength. It began to give him, come on, the ability to do things he could not do. Can I tell you that when the name of Jesus is spoken, uh, it doesn't take uh, an hour. It doesn't take five hours. Uh, it's an instant thing uh, that changes your life uh, forever. That's why when your pastor begins to speak the name of Jesus, you have to understand that things have, you may not see it in the natural realm, but there's a real world, and it's called the supernatural realm, and it was here long before this terra firma called earth was here. Job teaches us that before the foundations were laid, that the angels or the sons of God were in heaven singing unto the Lord. That means before there was ever an earth, there was the supernatural world, and friend, in the supernatural when you say the name of Jesus, demons tremble. When you say the name of Jesus, every principality and every power begins to shake because of that name. Because at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord. He is still the Alpha and the Omega. And as this man gets healed, it sparks a mighty revival. And the Bible begins to talk about after that takes place how the apostles, I love this, they get brought before the court. And the Bible says that they, that they perceived that these men had been with Jesus because the boldness that they spake with, they must have been ignorant and unlearned men. Friends, can I tell you, don't mistake my boldness and my craziness for ignorance and be an Unlearned. I'm just thankful uh, that Jesus saved me uh, and he redeemed me uh, and I'm willing to be bold uh, and courageous uh, and loud about it. Uh, amen, amen, amen. And it goes from there, and the Bible begins to talk about how 5,000, think about this, believed on the Lord. Then the Bible says that they got together, and they started praying. And as the church began to pray, the house was shaken, and people were filled with the Holy Ghost.
That's powerful right there. People being filled with the Holy Ghost because the church got together to pray. Don't ever mistake a prayer meeting that it's just time together, friend. You can shake things. When a church comes together to pray, you can shake things. And so they get together and they're praying and 5,000 believe in the Lord. And, and this is what I love. You got, you got to see this because now it has increased to such uh, uh, speeds that, that, that people aren't even able to get to the hand of Peter anymore. As his, now listen, my shadow ain't this powerful. I wish it was. That would be so cool. His shadow as it's passing over people that are sick. Think about this. I'm talking about the days of Acts chapter 6. The shadow is passing over people, and while it's passing over people, boom, the crippled frame is no longer lame. It passes over somebody else, boom, the blinded eye is open. It passes over somebody else, boom, devils are cast out. Things that are broken and things that are, that are, that are not put together correctly, hearts are mended, all because the shadow of a man of God began to pass over the people. These are the days that Acts chapter 6 falls right in the middle of. Days where many are being filled. I want you to know today that if you want to have revival, you can have revival. I'm sorry, I'm going to mess your cameras up for just a minute. I'm a walker. If you want to experience powerful moves of God, this is the days to experience powerful moves of God. You believe that here today? Amen. And so the Bible begins to talk to us that, that all of this is taking place. And then you find it right in the middle of Acts chapter 6. And in those days, you see, when a church begins to experience revival, there's always issues. You're not in a revival church if there's not issues. You're not in a revival church if things aren't happening and people aren't upset and somebody isn't frustrated about this, that, or the other. You're a stationary church if there's not issues. But when you're a revival church, people, it seems like you can't make everybody happy. Why? Because God is breaking barriers. God is breaking things in the supernatural. And you have to understand that for God's church to grow, not everybody's going to be happy. People get frustrated. I, I tell you what, there was a few days ago, I was somewhere north, south, east, west of here, and we baptized a few people in water, and a lady came up to somebody after church and said, I didn't really like how you baptized them in the name of Jesus. We didn't have enough rejoicing over that. I was like, my God, at least they went down in the water and were baptized in Jesus' name. People can find an issue with everything. And so the church is growing and things are happening. And the Bible says that, that, that the Grecians are upset at the Hebrews because the widows are being neglected in the daily ministration. Let me go ahead and break that down in 21st century. You ready? The, they, they didn't make sure that the widows didn't have enough apple cash for DoorDash. How's that for Dylan's translation? You like that? <laughs> That's MIV, Morgan International Version. <laughs> And so uh, you see that, that, that they're getting frustrated. And that's what happens when God's church begins. Everybody's still with me. When God's church begins to grow, things begin to move and shake and grow at a rate that, that it seems like you can't keep up with everything. 
And, and here's the issue. While, while things are growing and things are happening, God's doing things and, and the church is having issues, uh, the apostles are like, well, my God, I, I've got to keep preaching and, and I've got to keep my nose in the book because I'm trying to preach the gospel to a lost world. Okay, here we go. And, 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 and here we are. We're seeing all these things, all these puzzle pieces moving. And, and, and the apostles said, all right, I know what we're going to do. We're going to get seven men of honest report, and we're going to make sure they're full of the Holy Ghost. Friend, you got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Can I just make a time out here and, and give a little short Bible study on receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost? you got to be full of the Holy Ghost. These men were full of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That means that they spoke in new tongues. John chapter 3 said, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and now hearest the sound thereof, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The word wind there is where we get the word pneuma from. It's where we get the word language from, or I'm sorry, spirit from. And so when you see pneuma, you're seeing spirit. So the spirit blew where it listeth. That word listeth comes from the Greek word athelio. It means where it is desired. So the spirit blows where it is desired, and you hear the sound thereof. The word sound means... Uh, Phone, it's where you and I get the word language from. So the spirit blows where it's desired, and you hear the language thereof. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Well, why do I got to speak in tongues when I get the Holy Ghost? I'll tell you why right here. You ready? Because your tongue is the testimony that the spirit of God has filled the house. That's why on the day of Pentecost, what blew in? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it set upon them cloven tongues like and as unto a fire. Watch. And they all began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Because when the wind blows, listen, let me help you. Your tongue is not the Holy Ghost. Your tongue is the sign that you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why we must speak in tongues. It is the testimony that the Spirit has filled this house. This tabernacle has been filled by the Spirit of God. So yes, I speak in tongues as the sign that I am full of the Spirit of God. Why the tongue? James says the tongue is the most unruly member in your body. You and I cannot control our tongue. Everybody, anybody cuts you off in traffic? Then tell me how in control you are of your tongue. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm the only one when I get cut off. I'm like, brother, I'll tell you what. If you just pull over, I would. No, not really. I know. Listen, all y'all are already in heaven. You're so sanctified and holy. I know. I'm the only one that still struggles with this old tongue of mine. I know. I know. But however, the Bible says that because the tongue cannot be tamed by man, God says, I'll tame what you can't tame. I'll use what you can't control, and I'll take control over it and use it to show. I filled them with my spirit. I filled him with my spirit. I filled her with my spirit. So, yes, we believe you got to speak in tongues as the sign you have received the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. The fact that the Bible says they were full of the Holy Ghost in the world we're living in, it's work to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You got to stay. And the only way to stay full is for you to keep allowing the Holy Ghost to flow. 
That's why in John chapter 7, it said it would be like rivers, plural, of living water, but this spake he of the Spirit, singular. Rivers, plural, singular God, multiple dimensions. Although you receive the singular God, there's more than one dimension to him. So you better believe I got to talk in tongues more than one time. I want to find a new dimension. I want to find a new territory. I want to find a new place. So yes, I pray and I seek God so that he might show a new dimension in him. Oh, let's clap our hands if we believe that right now. And let me tell you something, friend. Everything in this world is trying to rob you of your Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says that when it came to the, uh, the, the parable of the ten virgins, there were five wise and five foolish. The five wives had, five wives had what? Enough oil. And the five foolish what didn't have enough oil. That is a type of the Holy Ghost. When he comes back, he's looking for people full of the Holy Ghost. And so the Bible says Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. And then, and then it says, man, he's full of faith. And I just preached about faith for just a minute. I don't even know how long I've been going, but I feel like preaching a little bit here today. you got to stay full of faith in the world we're living in. And let me tell you, that is a full-time job because everything in this world right now is an enemy to your faith. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But, friend, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to understand, walking by faith is not walking by what the natural eye sees. It's walking by what the Word of God sees because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord and how can they hear lest they have a preacher so you better thank God you got a pastor that preaches the word of the Lord because it builds your faith to prepare you for the world and on Monday, I'm going to open the bread of life, the word of God, and I'm going to read what the word can say. Because when I step out in the world, in this nasty world that is preaching fear and is preaching disunity and is preaching everything it's preaching, I need to be able to walk by the word. I need to be able to walk by the word. So you have to understand that, that you've got to stay full of faith and the Holy Ghost in the hour. That, now, now watch this. So, so he gets the men that were full of faith and, and full of the Holy Ghost. And he says, I need you to get promoted. Are you ready? To this lofty position of servanthood. No, 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 I'm sorry. You may not get to sing the solo. Matt, bro, I'm sorry. You may not get to preach. I'm sorry. I know. You're you ready to leave now, aren't you? But you're being promoted to a place so that God can continue to grow the church. And so he, everybody with me. And so he says, I need these seven men to get underneath the weight of the day-to-day. So that I can loose the ministry to preach without fetter and reach the city that I've called them to reach. 
I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's given this man a vision, not just for this area, but for this region, but for God to do what he wants to do in this city through this man and through your pastor's wife. There's got to be people that say, I may never be in the light, but if I can get underneath the weight of the day-to-day so that the vision can go forward, it's worth it. You've got to learn. Listen, listen. Stephen, this is your great call. Are you ready? You're going to help the widows. You're going to minister to the widows. But because you minister to the widows, the Bible says that the word of God went forward. And because the word of God went forward, watch, the number of disciples was multiplied. Like I said, there's a big difference between disciples and followers. If you don't believe me, just go to the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus breaks the bread of life, and he gives it to the disciples who was as hungry as the multitude. But here's how you get the lesson right here of the difference between a disciple and a follower. The disciples turn and give to the hungry, while the followers take and consume and do nothing with what was given. You see the difference right there? If you're going to call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you've got to learn. You've got to do more than just take. You've got to learn the art of what you receive, you turn and give. Because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Oh, help me right now. That's why the disciples had baskets left over and the multitude came back the next day looking for what? More bread. You see the difference? That's why we can't just desire to be a follower of Jesus. We must be disciples. And when you step underneath the weight of servanthood, it loses ministry to grow disciples. And the Bible says that they begin to turn the priests in the city. Don't miss what I just said. People that are preaching false doctrine, people that don't know the truth at a whole, that are preaching these things and they don't know what they're preaching. They are caught up in tradition of men. When you begin to allow the ministry to do what it's called to do, God said, I'll turn whole churches over in a snap of a finger. Can you have vision? Can you dream? Can you see? Can you believe that an extraordinary church can reach a city like Toronto? Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands and worship. Clap your hands and magnify the Lord with me. And so this operation of release of servanthood. Man, I don't know how much I want to get into this, but servanthood is never something you grow out of. I feel like we think, boy, if I could just get to that level of ministry, I'm going to quit serving. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I got servanthood all figured out. I pray that God gives me the heart of a servant every day because I want to serve. And servanthood is not doing what is seen or saying that you're a servant. Servanthood is just doing what God has called you to do. But let me tell you something. Even what I'm doing today, I'm just a servant. Why? Because I'm breaking bread and serving it to you. So there's never a point of ministry that you are not in the serving business. 
You don't ever get elevated out of helping your brother. You don't ever get elevated out of ministering to your sister. You don't ever get elevated out of serving one another. That's why when Jesus came into that room, nobody else was going to wash the feet. So what does he do? The king of glory reaches down and he begins to serve others. So don't miss that servanthood is the quality of his majesty. We want to be like Jesus. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to serve the hurting. And so you have to realize that for God to release this body, hear me in the Holy Ghost. I feel this so strongly for this church. For God to release this place to go to the level. It's got to go right now. There's got to be more under the sound of my voice that say, I'm not interested in the light. I'm not interested in a microphone. I'm interested in the majesty of servanthood. Here's what's so beautiful. Now, up until Acts chapter 6, you only see things like by the hands of the apostles, miracles were wrought. You only see things like the shadow of Peter was healing people. That's what you see up until you get to Acts chapter 6. Now, when you get to Acts chapter 6 and you begin to read, there's this name that just keeps popping off the pages. Stephen, 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 Stephen. Stephen goes from full of faith and the Holy Ghost to now he's full of faith and power because if you stay full of the Holy Ghost and faith long enough power begins to work through you now watch Stephen is the first person according to the book of Acts outside of the apostles that ever lays hands on anybody and sees a miracle now watch what I'm about to preach here are you ready he did it and in my opinion by what we would consider, I'm licensed with the United Pentecostal Church, a card-carrying minister. Stephen would not have been a card-carrying licensed minister. Stephen was just somebody that learned how to plug in where there was a need. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of faith. And watch ministry begin to work through Stephen and the Bible says Stephen goes and begins to lay hands on people and the Bible says Stephen wrought great wonders among the people and he never had a pulpit and he never had a position and he never had to be up in the lights he said I'm just going to help the man of God so that the message can spread and the next thing you know Stephen is the first person according to scripture outside of the apostles and Jesus that is seeing miracles signs and wonders friend you don't have to be a preacher to be powerful you don't have to be the best orator to be powerful you just got to get full of the Holy Ghost and if you'll get full of the Holy Ghost and serve your local church God will use you God will elevate you God will anoint you for this city Lift your hands right now. God is ministering to people all over this house. Lift your voice. Come on, that's it. If you got the Holy Ghost, loose that tongue right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, I know, I know when you get to talking about Stephen, everybody in the back of their mind is like, ain't that the dude that died? <laughs> yeah, it's him. <laughs> Stephen got stoned. And not the new age stone, like stone stone, like with rocks. I ain't talking about the stone. I'm talking about the real stone. <laughs> Lord, help me. I just, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> no, like where they throw rocks at you, that kind of stone is what I'm talking about. And... uh and, and, and it's kind of like, like that, that awkward thing in the room when you preach about Stephen, like, yeah, that dude died. Here's what you have to understand, is the enemy is not worried about you when you just coexist. The enemy doesn't really care too much when you're just kind of going through the motions. But when you really step into ministry, you better believe it's going to paint a big red target on your back. That's why when we hear people praying, Lord, use me. I want to be used by God. I want to do things for the kingdom. And then they get up off of the altar and they start fighting hell and they don't understand what's going on. Let me minister to you and tell you what's going on. The devil knows that if he doesn't stop you now, what you're going to be on the other side is too great for him to minimize and stop. So you better believe he's trying to stop you now. You better believe he's fighting against your mind and he's fighting against your family and your family's telling you, I don't know why you're going to that church where they talk in tongues and preach baptism in Jesus' name. The devil doesn't care until you start doing something for God. That's why in Matthew chapter 13, the Bible says that the, oh, it's beautiful. He says that, that when the word of the Lord came, that the man received it with joy and anon, but when trial and persecution came, watch, because of the word. It didn't come because of the talent. It didn't come because of the ability or the education or the wealth. It came because somewhere a man of God said, there's promise on your life. There's possibility in your horizon. And the moment the word began to germinate, trial and persecution showed up, not because of me, but because of what God is trying to produce in me. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to go through some things. We're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. But let me tell you something, friend. It's a far more exceeding weight and glory. The other side of the trial is promise. The other side of the hardship is beauty and splendor, a greater anointing. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I feel something trying to break out at the extraordinary church on a Sunday morning. Come on, that's it. That's it. Surrender to what you're feeling right now. Let the Holy Ghost minister to you right now. My Lord, have mercy. Well, preacher, I just, you know, I just don't know if I can be used by God. You don't understand. I struggle with fear and I struggle with all this, that, and the other. Anybody ever heard of the Apostle Paul? Raise your hand if you heard of the Apostle Paul. Almost everybody. Wonderful, wonderful. I was getting ready to preach a crusade with Thompson, and I was like, I don't know why in the world they asked me to preach with these guys that I was preaching with because, man, <laughs> they're guys that I hold in you know, high regard. 
And uh, I love preachers. I've never, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to be special, but I just like never really cared about anything else besides like preaching and golf. That's about it. I like coffee. But preaching, it's like since I was like this big, man, this is all I've ever wanted to do. Like I remember sitting right there in the front row looking at my dad going, man, one day I'm going to get to preach. This is all I've ever wanted out of my life. But I remember because I, I admire preachers, and I'm like, man, why in the world? God, I can't do this. God, I, I'm riddled with fear. God, there's no way I can, I can do what you're telling me to do here. And then he took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now watch, watch. And when he came, he says, I was with you in weakness. Everybody say weakness. And in fear, everybody say fear, and in much trembling. I'm talking about the majority writer of the New Testament. When he showed up on site to do what God called him to do, he said, I showed up shaking. I had fear encapsulating my body. But he stood up. And he did what he was called to do in spite. Let me tell you something. God knew you were human when he called you. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. No, I'm not. I'm the least of my family, and my family's the least in this area. Gideon, yes, you are. And the next thing you know, Gideon gets to Revelation. God, where are the miracles? I'll tell you where the miracles are. They're when you go. And when you go, guess what? I'm going with you. The revelation of this is that God does not meet you when you're stationary. God meets you when you're in motion. And so we hear, how many of you have heard, man, God's going to use me. Raise your hand. I'm going to be used by God. How many of you want to be used? You've heard that, right? But then you wonder, where's this miraculous endowment of power that I'm looking for? It will not be when you're stationary. It will be when you plug into what God's calling you to do. And when you plug in and get moving, God is in the going. And when you get going, God gets going with you. Now watch. Gideon goes a little further, tears down the altar of Baal. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then the next thing you know, he's worried again. God, what am I going to do? I'm going to need fleece. You're going to have to get the fleece wet and the ground dry. The next day, you're going to have to get the ground dry and you're going to have to get the fleece wet. And he's talking all this stuff, getting God going back and forth with the fleece wet and then the ground wet and all this, that, and the other. And God goes, don't worry, Gideon, because you were moving when I gave you your last bit of provision and you're still moving now I will give you provision along the journey as long as you keep moving but the moment you become stationary provision dries up and so he's standing there now he's got fleece and, and his God's telling him look I'm going to do it now watch he goes a little bit further and the next thing you know Gideon's over here right and he's like God I just don't know if I can do this and God goes alright Gideon you made it to this point you started over there but because you've moved at each point that you needed provision I provided it because you were in motion and then the next thing you know, man, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. The next thing you know, Gideon, he's way over here, right? And the Lord says, go down to the enemy's camp. I've prepared your last point of provision. Because you honored me in moving, I will honor you in provision. And Gideon's down there in the camp, 
and the men are testifying, oh, this has got to be Gideon and his army. Because Gideon was moving, God was providing. God is trying to release provision, but you can't expect him to provide for something when you're stationary. And so you've asked God, use me, use me, use me. And God gives you his spirit, and you're still saying, use me, use me, use me. Do something through me, do something through me. And God's saying, boy, if you just plug in here, here, and here, I'll meet you at movement with the next point of provision. God is trying to release things into this church. He's trying to release giftings into people, callings into people, talents into people. You got to hear me today. He's just waiting on you to move with what he gave you initially so that he can release what he's trying to give you gradually. Oh, my, my, my. Lift your hands all over the house. Would you stand with me? I'm done. Would you stand with me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me talk to somebody today. Just for the I'm done. I, I really am done. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost has not just put this church here just to be another church. He's not just placed you here just to be here, just to exist here. He's giving you a great vision. He's giving you a pastor that's not just going to do things decently and in order, but he's also going to do things after the moving of the Holy Ghost. I saw it when I was sitting there. It's the left and the right hand working together. I see it. It's beautiful. But you have to understand that right now, this church is about to go to the next level. But you can't go to the next dimension until first some people say, I'm ready to get underneath the weight. I'm ready to accept the burden. And some of you have been in this and you've been fighting the good fight with your pastor for the last little while. I'm telling you, keep moving. Provision is not far off on the next point of promise with God. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now, don't stop moving forward. At every point that you need it, God knows when your humanity needs supernatural provision. Elijah, I see you under the tree right now, but I'm telling you there is a cake that can sustain you for 40 days until you get the word for what God's trying to do in the future. You have to hear it today, God. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. There's people right now, there's people under the sound of my voice, you've only been in this for a few months. Hear me. Do you realize that Stephen, scholars suggest, was only a convert for somewhere around six months? No, you didn't hear what I just said. Raise your hand if you've been a part of this for longer than six months. Stephen was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name for somewhere around six months. And the disciples go, you're ready for the next level of ministry. God is wanting to call you, elevate you, do things through you so that God can take this church to where he's wanting to take it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift your hands and let's just talk to the Lord for just a moment. Let's just pray for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. 
If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.